0: Welcome to Media Week's Heavy Hitters. Get up close and personal with some of the titans of the media industry. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. I'm sitting in the, uh, I think it's the boardroom of Fetch TV. I'm with the Chief Executive Officer, Scott Lawson. Scott, welcome back to Media Week. Yeah, thank you, James. It's been a little while since we've had a chat to you. I remember coming up. Would it have been here for a podcast? Probably, started no, ten years ago.
1: God, was- I think we went. I think I went out, out your way, North Rideway, Okay, uh, back in the day. Yes, but you and I go back 15, 20 years,
0: James. Yeah, I, I used to know you when you were in the magazine business.
1: Yep, that's a fair Australia's fair biggest while
0: ago. Uh, magazine publisher when there were lots of magazine publishers. <laughs> there's, there's really only one left, I think, isn't there, of, of any size? But look, let's not get distracted. We're here to talk about television there's a lot going on in this space. I thought it might be best to start off because Fetch straddles a couple of different things, doesn't it? It's a You can watch your TV, you can watch streaming, you can aggregate with it as well.
1: I think so- if you were trying to describe what we do, we're, we're just a pure, ag- pure play aggregation right. service. yep. So it's designed for watching all your favorite content on the TV. Um, we've delivered via a set-top box, um, one with the PVR, also a Paco one without a recording device. Um, we've been in this game for a long time about 12 12 years James. Okay. Um, And you know things the, the, we are evolving but um, you know our purpose really hasn't changed. It's about just making TV easy, bringing it all together but our relevance has increased a lot because it's just explosive fragmentation of options available to consumer Wonderful thing but that has introduced complexity and everyone's just looking for a way to make their TV viewing experience simple, and that's what we're all about.
0: My experience with fetch is I was an Optus broadband customer. Yep. And I could take advantage of the, uh, I got a fetch box mm-hmm. and um, I think I got a, a maybe one channel pack would it have been. That
1: sounds about right. As yep.
0: part of the deal. Yep. Um,
1: that finished sadly. Is Optus still a partner? Or- Optus is still a partner, so we um, we still have a very sizable uh, customer base with Optus. Yep. And uh, yeah, we're excited about things we can do with them in the future.
0: Okay. And you still, there's still other broadband providers that are the partners as well.
1: Yeah. So um, you can go into a retailer, JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, Good Guys, and buy Fetch TV. But um, our principal distribution has historically and continues to be B two B. So we work with the telco partners. Um, Telstra um, is a very significant partner. We mentioned Optus, Ionet, Aussie Broadband, Dodo, iPrimus. You know, we, we've been very successful through a partnership model in working with the best and um, most successful ISPs in the country. And that's the way that the majority of our subscribers enjoy their Fetch TV service is through a telco partnership.
0: Okay, I, I guess the deal the deal they offer to their customers is up to the tel the um, ISP, right? Exactly. But I remember I got mine as a as a bonus. I don't
1: think I was paying anything
0: yeah, or look, very low. What's the most common?
1: Yeah, if you go back about five years, the, what, we, what you're describing is a hard bundle. So you okay. get the broadband; it comes with Fetch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a single price, you're getting both your broadband and your Fetch. A um, bit, bit like a Happy Meal. You know, you get your, <laughs> <laughs> you get your drink, your fries, and your, and your burger. Um, it's more common now for the telcos with the advent of the NBN to sell their NBN services and then offer Fetch as a bolt-on. So do you want fries okay. with that? Yeah. Um, so we still have a lot of customers that are enjoying Fetch through a single price point as part of their broadband deal. But more common these days to make a separate decision from that same partner to say, "I'd like my broadband at this speed, and I'd like to add Fetch to that service."
0: Okay. Now, the Fetch box—if um, you buy it at retail, it's recommended retail what Fetch Mini, one hundred and ninety-nine. Correct. Fetch Mighty, four forty-nine. Correct. Are those prices subsidized? If you generally, if you get it through an ISP.
1: So um, really good question. So historically, the ISPs have what we call hired the set-top box. So they charge you a monthly fee, but you're not buying the box. Mm -hmm. Um, Increasingly, what we're seeing and what Telstra's recently done with their launch is the customer gets the opportunity to purchase the box up front. Uh, There's no ongoing monthly fee. You only pay for the content that you get. So we are evolving with our telco partners from a historical pay TV. You're hiring the box into a world where you're making a purchase decision to own the box from that telco um, and then you, you only pay for the content that you use. Okay. We're evolving with the times, James.
0: Yeah. And those people who buy it at retail, they become a direct customer to Fetch. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: best so way to think of it is we're direct to consumer so you can have a relationship with Fetch through a retailer yep. or you can have a relationship with Fetch via your telco. And that gives us ubiquitous distribution, which is one of the most strongest, most powerful um, assets we have is these partnership distribution relationships. Um, But it gives customer great choice. However they want to get Fetch, however they want to be built for Fetch, um, those those options are available.
0: For people who want to be 100% digital, they can get the app? Is that right?
1: No, there's no way to get Fetch without a set-top box. Oh, okay. What what our app is, is a companion device. So if you've right. purchased a Mighty or a Mini, got it through your telco, then all the things that you do on the TV, you're also able to do on your mobile and tablet. So if you want to set recordings, or you want to watch ESPN on your lunch break, on your tablet, you're traveling overseas and you want to download some movies to watch, um, you actually, well, funny funny thing that we can, our customers can do is if the kids turn on the TV too loud and they're going to bed, they can use their phone to turn down the TV from the <laughs> other room. And I get I hear a lot of stories about that functionality. Okay. Very popular with the adults, less so with the kids. If the I've
0: got a feeling, and I'm sure you'd know more about this than I do, but the set top box will
1: eventually become a relic. I'm guessing. Actually, it's really interesting. There are two schools of thought here, right? So um one is to say everything's going to be a connected TV. Mm-hmm. You just you just get your TV and it's all there, right? And um, and by the way, I can, I can uh, speak to the fact that we have serious plans to be a player in the TV operating sy- system space. Okay. Where we will offer a, fetch t- a TV that has Fetch as the operating service, not just an app, the operating system. And people can get it that way, a boxless experience. I mean, increasingly, if you went to CES this year, et cetera, um, you've got Apple, you've got Chromecast, you've got Fire, you've got Fetch. I'm sure you asked me about Hubble. You've got all these devices that are done to enrich the TV experience. And in those cases, the TV really acts as a display. And there are a lot of people that think the market will evolve to the world where you're choosing your device and you're choosing your display. And that's how you view TV we we're, okay. we're we're, we we're, we're not going to put all of our eggs in one basket we're going to uh, pursue both of those
0: right okay okay now fetch as an aggregator yep right so you can so you get your fetch box you can decide if you want any of the channel packs yep do do most people take channel packs
1: yeah so First of all, maybe just explain what we mean by aggregator. Mm-hmm. So, with one remote and one interface and one bill, um, cons- a customer can turn on their TV with their Fetch remote. And if they want to watch free air, or they want to watch the free air catch up, VOD services, um, that's great. Maybe they want to watch CNN for the U.S. election, or ESPN, or Discovery, or you know these channels, etc. We, what we can do in those instances. Is we sell channel packs, so people are familiar with the historic pay TV or Foxtel. Yep. Um, what we've done differently is we've introduced skinny packs. So, if you like the knowledge channels, you know um, Animal Planet and uh, BBC Earth and Discovery, those sort of things, plus the news, six dollars a month, and you can choose. You just pay month to month as long as you like it. If you're interested in the kids pack or you like dramas, etc., we have four different packs that are six dollars each. Most customers take at least one pack. Mm-hmm. Some take all four, and it's called our ultimate pack. It's still very popular. If you're if you're looking for what's the most popular viewing experience on Fetch, free air dominates still, as it does in Australia. Um, subscription linear channels are number two. Netflix is number three. YouTube's number four, and then you're adding the other cer- other apps, etc. So still very significant. But we're, we're all about choice. So people like viewing those channels, that content they can. If they're more interested in Prime, Apple Plus, Netflix, Stan, you know, Paramount Plus, et cetera, we have those as well. Um, if they want to use those free-to-air catch-up services, there's, you know, we want to allow people to make that election themselves. And what you do find is that fetch uh, consumers in in those households are are viewing it over four hours a day across the whole household. So it's a significant consumption. And they're using a lot of everything. Yeah. So.
0: So, okay. So I've got my Fetch box. I might have a channel pack. Um, if I'm, say, I'm a, a Netflix customer, mm-hmm. can I subscribe through Fetch? Yep. And pay
1: through Fetch? Yep. And. So we're all about a single bill. So if you get a Fetch device, you already have Netflix and you just want to enter your username and password, you can start viewing, maintain your existing Netflix relationship. Or if you get a fetch device, plug it in, and you want to add Netflix and put it on the same bill, you can do that as well. Same with Paramount Plus or Disney, et cetera. Single bill is increasingly an important thing for consumers who are trying to make sense of all of these subscription accounts. Um, But everything we do is month to month. You can add it, you can delete it. and, you know, every month of the year is different. School holidays, different sporting seasons, et cetera. People, their, their consumption behaviors change and their subscription patterns change.
0: So the single, the, you can go to the one interface and go, okay, this month I might want to stop Brickbox and Acorn, for example. Hmm? But then I might want to start up again in two months and it's just a click. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I'm guessing that's one of the selling advantages that Foxtel is going to be pushing when they get. Hubble launched that pretty soon.
1: It, it, it's not, you know, I, 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 our differentiators are our differentiators, but the ability to add and delete uh, apps and channels, it's a bit of hygiene now. You know, Apple mm. does it. Chromecast does it. We do it. Amazon does it. Hubble will do it. Optus does it. There's, you know, I think... If you have an entertainment service through a particular provider, your expectation now is I'm going to have one remote, one interface, and one bill. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's hygiene for the market.
0: Well, I just wonder how many people do that. I mean, it sounds obvious. I certainly don't do it. I've got all these bloody subs everywhere. And you know
1: Come on, James, get with the times. <laughs> now, you'd be surprised, the vast majority of people. Um in, in fetch households, people may have had one or two relationships that they initiated before and they mm-hmm. have a direct billing, but most of the time that you choose to subscribe to an app or a service, it's because you sat down and you said, oh, that app has that great new show. I really want to watch um, uh, Enemy Amongst Friends or whatever the new show is that's on Britbox. I'll subscribe and you do that through the device.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, you seem to have all the majors here. Are there any holdouts where there's a streaming platform that still going their own way and doesn't really want to partner up? Is there any?
1: Well, first of all, we're, we're agnostic. So we, we want to partner with everyone. Yep. It's a partnership business, both in terms of- But have
0: they all said of- yes? <laughs> is, is there anyone you'd like to have you haven't find, done a deal yet?
1: Yeah, so I think- It's probably, probably an obvious
0: one that I can't see.
1: Yeah, so first of all, what I'll say, what we do have is we have all the majors. So your, okay. Net, your Netflix, your Stan, your Prime, your Disney+, Plus, your yep. Apple+, Plus, your Paramount+, Plus, Acorn, BritBox, etc. etc. We've been incredibly successful. We have all the studios in our, um, we're working with pretty much everyone. We don't yet have a relationship with Foxtel, so there is no oh, KU and yeah, binge, that's... which I think is what you're referring to. Um, we remain very positive about that opportunity in the future and something we'll continue to um, explore. Um, and then there is always the long tail, mm. which is whether it's an anime app or a foreign language app, okay. or you, know, you can always add a lot more apps. We do have a strategy that will see us materially increase the number of apps available in the Fetch service in the the current calendar year, Um, and I can't speak specifically, but any obvious gaps that you see in our offering, I think we have some intention to address those and and they look pretty positive.
0: Yeah, some small ones. Shelter's the one I can think of.
1: Which is a, <laughs> There's always a-
0: It's a, quite a small- Welcome
1: to the world of fragments. Even, even when you yeah. have everyone, tomorrow you might not because there'll be a new app. Yeah. But um, we've got a pretty good track record of partnering with everyone and getting that done.
0: Okay. Movies is the other thing that you say your customers come to fetch for. Yeah. So just outline for me that the movie deal. How do I- Watch movies yep. on Fetch, and do they all cost me extra?
1: <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so very simply, uh, if you have Netflix, obviously we have the well, yes. Netflix movies, yep. etc. Sure, we offer a service called Movie Box, where for uh, for two dollars a month, dollar ninety nine, we offer people thirty uh, pre selected library movies each month. It's a great deal. Okay. Um, but we have, a, we have a store. So if you want to rent or purchase the latest release, we have over 11,000 movies. So okay. that big, huge store for rental and for purchase. Um, but we don't care where things come from. So if it's Friday night and you, you say, I'd like to watch a movie, we'll show you what the most popular movies are. But for each movie, if you say you pick A Few Good Men or something, We'll tell you if it's on free to air, we'll tell you which subscription services. So ways to watch and telling people, but we'll also tell you what's free to you. Okay. So James, if you've got if you want to watch a box office hit, you can put on the free to me filter and we'll only show you the movies that you have access to view. And if you've got a prime, a Disney Plus and a Netflix subscription, their movies will be available there, things you've recorded et cetera, et cetera. So there are so many options we're saying, figure out what you wanna watch first and then we'll tell you the most affordable way to access it. We are very much taking the consumer advocate approach where it's, don't just try to sell, You know, this is not about parking meter TV where everything's gonna cost you money. We're gonna show you the entire selection. We're gonna help you find what you wanna watch and we're gonna show you the best way to watch it. So navigation
0: is a, is
1: a lot easier
0: yeah, fetch customers than me sitting at home scrolling through half a dozen. Yeah.
1: Voice-based searched. I want to watch, um, I keep picking Tom Cruise movies, but I want to <laughs> I want to watch Jerry Maguire. Yep. Just say Jerry, Jerry Maguire, it'll pop up. It'll show you everywhere it's available and will tell you where you have access to it for free, where it's in 4, 4K, if there are ads, et cetera, et cetera. So we just simplify that viewing experience.
0: Do you have people doing some of that work? in-house because it's, you can't get it off the shelf, can you? Or is there services now where you can get a lot of that?
1: One thing that makes Fetch very unique is everything we do, we build locally. Mm -hmm. So if you were, you know, obviously the great companies, Apple, Google, Amazon for Fire, um, even Foxtel, they're licensing Hubble from Comcast overseas. Um, They're, they're building the software on a global scale we build locally which we think is a tremendous advantage and have been for 12 years in terms of editorializing things we absolutely do that locally okay and we have algorithms that understand your viewing behaviors your family's viewing behaviors um, but you know we're getting into the into the detail here but yeah. i think the the best way to th- describe it is it's just a simple intuitive interface to that aggregates all the content you want to watch and we try to get you to what you want to watch in the fewest possible clicks, and even better yet, a simple voice command. And then we show you all the different ways to watch, and we actively advocate for things that will be free to you.
0: So the curation you offer, a lot of it's going to be unique
1: Absolutely. to fetch
0: customers. Yeah. It's not going to be shared stuff, your bios or recommendations you might Correct. get on Foxtel. Or-
1: and sometimes it might be in movies, that we have a collection and we're going to show you all the movie. All musicals, mm-hmm. and that'll be something that's more generic. But let's say you go to the TV guide. In your household, we know what your most popular channels that you watch every day by time of day. Yep. So we might say when you go to guide the the tiles above may simply have kids con at three at three p.m. when the kids get home from school, and you're one click away from Bob the Builder, bad example, Bluey, <laughs> etc. If you're, it's 6 p.m. and you like the evening news, we'll have 7, 9, 10, ABC, all the news stations up there. So we know what what you're doing and we're trying to use that content. Also, we offer what's called continue watching. So one one of the um, comments you hear frequently these days is people say, like, I'm watching eight shows at the moment. If I could, only I could remember where they are. Mm-hmm. So we'll actually have a row that says continue watching. And regardless of where the contents come from, you're one click away from picking up where you left off. Well,
0: oh, that's a good offer. Yeah, it's great. And does that include stuff like YouTube? And
1: uh, um, It's funny. YouTube's one example where we oh, don't currently no. do it. But it, okay. had you used any other example, else. James, I would have had an <laughs> affirmative answer for you.
0: <laughs> but all the others, Stan, Apple, Prime, they'll all show up for fun partway yeah, through what, a series. What,
1: and what we do in those instances is we have one row for free-to-air content and the, mm-hmm. the things that you're watching on free-to-air. And then with Netflix as an example, there'll be a Netflix row. And we'll we'll actually dem- show you what you're watching on Netflix. Below that, are depends on which one you're using most frequently, but we'll have a stand row, we'll have a, d- okay. a row of reach. Yep. And so it's just so simple to say, right now I just wanna access, I want to pick up where I left off. There's a simple tab to do that. I wanna find a new movie, simple tab to do that. I'm looking for my next show, we've got a way to do that. I only want to know what sports are on right now. We've got a simple way to do that. So
0: okay.
1: TV, TV is quite complicated, but it's easy to make it simple. Hard to do over a podcast, you know, talking about yeah, the yeah, podcast, sure. but easy to demonstrate.
0: Sure. Um, I guess you know the behavior of your customers pretty well. Is recording still a thing with now that everything's virtually available to watch on demand as well? Is it it's less funny. people recording?
1: Recording is still a a big thing. So, as a portion of our base, you know, the majority of our customers have a PVR device. Right. Yep. Increasingly, because the the free have done such a great job of making their content available via the apps, um, a lot of people would prefer to pay less and just have a puck. So, we cater to both. Um, in those households that have a, a PVR, we're seeing people still record about 140 shows a month. Wow. Of which they watch about a third. Okay. So a behavior that's really popular and continues to be is you're having dinner. You want to watch the 7 p.m. show, but you haven't finished dinner. So you turn it on at 7.20 and we do what's called chase play. You, you're recording it. Eventually, you catch up to the live program, but you didn't have to race, finish dinner early to start that. The the recorder's wonderful for that sort of thing. Um, a lot of the devices we compete against don't no longer offer a PVR, or don't choose to offer a PVR. Um, we're still very committed because we think it's great customer functionality and utility. Um, yeah. And so…
0: So on average, people watch about a third of what they record, did you say? Yeah. So yeah, You might
1: say, I'm watching Married at First Sight. Yep. Set a series tag. I want to record every episode. You're home to watch two or three per week, Mm -hmm. but you might miss. So when I say they watch a third.
0: third of what they record, they might see it live?
1: Might be watching it live, et cetera. Okay. Interesting. Or they might say, like, I want to record every episode of Seinfeld. Yes. I'm going to collect the seasons and then go back and watch it when I want to.
0: Okay. Now, Telstra came on as a partner of Fetch. It must be, what, nearly 18 months
1: ago? Yeah, the, the deal was about in August, so it's about, yeah, about yeah. 18 months, good timing, yeah.
0: Okay. Now, they're also a shareholder in Foxtel, interestingly, aren't they? But a smaller shareholder than they used to be. But They're a 50% shareholder in Fetch, is it, roughly? They're,
1: they're just over 51%. Oh, okay. So, so a major shareholder. they a shareholder um, in, in Fetch, and uh, Astro, our, Astro Overseas Limited, who's historically been our 100% shareholder, is at 49 mm-hmm. Um,
0: is there an option to increase that, is there, or um, as part of that deal?
1: Well, I think or, they're pretty happy to, with where they're at, Okay, but um, yeah, I mean, everything's a commercial discussion yeah. at different times. I think a, a, a more likely, you know, there's a lot of interest in Fetch, given that our distribution, our product, et cetera, et cetera. So we're always getting approaches about um, participation in the equity side, and I think f- Telstra is very happy with the partner they have and um, if there's an opportunity to to find another strategic partner to join the fray, I'm I'm sure they would look at that. Um, But I think the important thing about the Telstra relationship is not only are they a shareholder, but they're also a customer. So Telstra is the largest mobile and broadband provider in Australia. Um, historically, they've built up a very large Telstra TV base, which was using the Roku platform. Right. They've committed to migrating over 700,000 customers from that platform over to the Fetch platform. And they're actively selling Fetch to their new and existing base as well. So for the Fetch business, not only do we have an incredibly supportive shareholder, but we also have, you know, another anchor tenant customer who is giving us a combined scale of Telstra TV and Fetch, which we now see as one entity. is over 1.3 million households in Australia. So we we are a very, very significant player now in the aggregation space, and we have the benefit of scale, which which is critical in this market.
0: Okay. Just on that aggregation, I didn't mention it before. Is price going to become a factor in that, do you think, bundling and offering discounts and stuff like that? Is it going to get brutal out there?
1: No, it's funny. So it, it, it's hard, you know, bundling of subscription services is hard to do. And what I say, you know, if you look at the last twenty-four months, anyone who has subscription services would recognize how many times they've raised the price. There's a lot of rightly so, yeah, right. So if you go out and you bundle five services, and each of those services individually raises their price in a counter year, you're having to pass on um, price increases to your customers potentially at five different dates. Etc. So, you know, I think everyone's looking for ways to be convenient, uh, to offer convenience, to offer the single bill. Um, But bundling is tricky. And, uh, you know, it's why you haven't seen it historically or internationally. You haven't seen great examples of get three or four SFOD services for $50 type examples. Because $50 becomes 52 becomes 54 56 58 all in the calendar year.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, innovations. What What's coming for Fetch TV customers? You mentioned before the sort of the operating system on a TV yep. would make it, you know, simpler. No box. It would be all there built in to the TV operating system.
1: Well, if I, if I just take that question and I break it down to a few different bits. So from a hardware perspective in terms of the fetch devices, the Mini and the Mighty, um, it tends to be every two or three years that we offer a, a new version of the of the hardware. So, so the we, Mini
0: has, you can't record with the Mini, but you can with the Mighty. Is that the basic that's difference? That's the basic difference, yep.
1: exactly. So we introduced the um, Gen 4 um, a Mighty in 2022, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be introducing a new version of the Mini this year. So anytime there's material changes in the chipset, you know, we'll get technical DMIPS and uh-huh. these sort of things, RAM improvements, uh, codecs, et cetera. We try to look at the hardware, et cetera. So we're constantly uh, offering options to upgrade hardware, but not on the same cycle as a TV. It's not an uh-huh. annual thing with us. It's in every two or three years. Um, we don't want you know to encumber customers. Almost all of our innovation happens through software up- updates in the middle of the night. Okay. So we're constantly, you know, five, six times a, a year, we're introducing material improvements in the, in the user interface and the functionality. Um, we radically re-engineered the interface last March and got a lot of positive feedback as customers bedded into that. And then right now we're just constantly introducing incremental improvements and enhancements in terms of um, how you navigate the um, the UI, the functionality, etc. Then we're adding content. So the last example was Apple Plus, that was a new app that joined. Um, we added CNN as a new channel in in uh, January. Um, in March, we'll add another ten fast channels or free ad supported channels, etc. So whether it be the content, the actual user interface, or the hardware, uh, you know, I think it's been a we've, we've got a great track record of continuing to provide a best-in-class experience and as opportunities to as new content becomes available or we um, are able to introduce new functionality or just user preferences change we are evolving at speed so the you know i mentioned the local um we do build everything locally that gives us great agility to respond we don't have to wait for a global release that's collecting requirements from 30 countries. We're just saying our customers are asking for this now. Let's have it in the next release.
0: Okay. And you get response to that? People go, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, look, we have got great word of mouth advocacy with NPS as an industry term. And a lot of that when you break it down into research, et cetera, people say, I just like the way that I'm the, the service is constantly evolving in ways that add value. You know, we're not changing for change sake. Yeah. But we're certainly looking for ways to improve, and we're not too too proud to look around the world and see what's what's popular, what's trending, and and whether that's rolling in this market.
0: In terms of channel content, you've there's a raft of deals that you've done recently. I think some are probably rolled over, some are enhanced yep. uh, with new content. It, it seems to me that all well, that the um, all the big studios went through a thing, okay, we're going to – we'll sell to anybody. I oh, no, we won't. We'll keep it all for our own streaming services. Oh, no, I think we'll start selling again. Yeah. Where, where are we at at the um, moment?
1: Um, look, I, they, yeah, there was a rationalization of channels, and probably the, the best example would be the Nat Geo channels and the Disney channels exited the market, so they were on Fetch, they were on Foxtel, and that content went exclusively across to Disney+. Plus. By the way, we're happy with that outcome because Mm. Fetch has Disney Plus. So it wasn't like we were losing, it was just a different way to consume. Um, If you look at the Paramount stuff, there is availability of a lot of things that used to be on channels on the Paramount platform that are now on Paramount Plus, that's great. Um, But our relationship with Paramount, we've just renewed for Nickelodeon, for MTV, for channels like so. I I would say that The trend where channels were exiting the Australian market in favor of supplying their own app is something we saw two or three years ago. And we're at a very stable phase. We haven't seen any big name new channels launch in terms of subscription paid for channels. What we're seeing now is all of the channel launches are coming in this category called fast or free ad supported Mm -hmm. television. Um, And there are literally hundreds of them around the world, very niche channels high quality channels some great stuff there. And we continue to, you know, release another five to 10 every but We're, we're not chasing, it's, it's not about quality, quantity, it's about quality. So we're making sure okay. that the things we add to the service, we don't want to pollute the electronic program guide of the EPG with a thousand channels. It's just too hard to find what you want to watch, but we do want to offer selections, so we make some very considered decisions about what's going to work on our platform and we make sure it's there.
0: So from that, I gather, if say there's some sort of shakeout globally in streaming platforms where there's mergers and takeovers and things like that, you'll still have the content, but people will just access it differently. That's exactly right. right. We're, yeah.
1: you know, and, and even with the sports right, if, if something were to move from channel uh, partner A to partner B, we carry them both. Mm. So we are fairly agnostic about where content goes because as an aggregator, it's ultimately going to end up on the platform. Mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we get excited about the fact that the, the quality of the content on offer, you know, anyone who watches TV knows we're really at a peak, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful time with the exception of the writer's strike and the actor's strike. It's a wonderful time for TV. So there's a lot of high quality content being offered. There's a lot of services out there and we just want to make sure that people have access to those programs. They can find them. And if they choose, if they need to subscribe, but they only want to subscribe for a month or two, you know, we make that easy for them to be in and out.
0: You've been doing a fair bit of marketing recently. Yep. Seeing your ads popping up. Do you have research that says there's still a lot of people who don't, who could potentially subscribe that don't understand or don't know about you?
1: Yeah, the, in terms of our brand, the awareness of the Fetch brand is very high. So we've been doing this for a long time and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and people have been communicated to. Um, by us, by our partners, et cetera. What we're always investing in when we're marketing is really about understanding. So, you know, it, it's very... Everyone's figured out a way to watch this content. So a lot of people have a connected TV now, almost everyone. And so we're trying to explain why, whilst we appreciate that you're happy with the experience on your connected TV, there's actually a better way to do it as well. And we need to communicate to people, uh, not who is Fetch, but what exactly is Fetch and how are we going to make that entertainment experience better? Mm-hmm. And that's the focus of our ads. We've we've evolved from um, talking about all the content we have to talking about the ways that we make it easy to view.
0: Right. We're not here to talk about Hubble, but I'll ask you this. Foxtel are going to have a pretty major release. I think it's going to be a little... Puck or a little, yep. a device.
1: Puck's the right name. But I'm just
0: wondering, do you think that could impact your business?
1: No, I think the short answer because we don't is know
0: sure. everything about it yet. I, I hasten to add, you probably know, think you know a lot well, I about think, it I anyway. Think, you know,
1: it, it, uh, Hubble is is a service. Uh, it's a Foxtel version of a service that Comcast has launched in the U.S. called Zumo with uh, Charter Communications. So the device is in market globally you know, the UI we anticipate will be very, very similar. They're very smart people at Fox still, so I'm sure they'll do a great job and localize it, et cetera. Um, we are very confident in what we offer and how it stacks up. And you mentioned Hubble, but whether are talking about Apple TV or Chromecast or Fire mm-hmm. or... There's a lot of devices. TV. There's a lot there? of different yeah. ways, Xbox, et cetera, et cetera. And we've been c- competing with these big global companies for some time. Uh, so we're, we're very confident in our Proposition, our selling proposition, and our differentiators. Um, we are also really confident in our distribution. We've been doing this for a, a long time, and um, and then, as I said, the brand's got very high awareness, and now we have, you know, nearly, you know, we've got great support from Telstra, et cetera. So we're we're on a very significant growth trajectory. We're feeling particularly good, at, and the entry of a new a competitor or a new product tends to just Actually help because it a, it validates what we're doing. They're seeing the same insights and they're choosing to invest in a fetch-like service. So that that just validates what we've known for a long time. But they're going to help with the education. You know, why do you why does a device make sense versus a connected TV? They'll have their take on differentiators. We have our take on ours, and uh, we'll see them in the market. But no, they're. Um, Competing with any one product is no different than competing with the entire ecosystem of of competitors that already exist.
0: I'm, we don't know the price point. I'm guessing it's. I couldn't imagine it
1: being much more than fifty bucks. Do you think it'll be higher? Oh, I'm not going to steal anyone's thunder. We'll let them reveal. But their own profit. But
0: it's going to be cheaper than the Fetch Mini, isn't it? I'm, one I'm, would imagine that's two hundred bucks.
1: I'm not. You'll need to see how they sell the device and what they package and what the whole proposition. And consumers will compare and contrast. Yeah. and We welcome those comparisons, but no, I'm not. You know, would you who,
0: imagine it would come with its own remote?
1: Oh, it absolutely comes to, with it. Yeah. Its own remote. Yeah. Okay.
0: But do, do you need to have a a Fetch Mini February offer or something or? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> An autumn, you know, deal. To, um,
1: You know, as I said, James, we're in, you know, collectively across the Telstra TV, we're in over 1.3 million homes. Mm. We're, we're pretty confident in who we are, what yeah. we're about, and, and the market and the partners we have. We're not going to react to yeah. a single. So
0: you package. don't think a lot of people are going to suddenly get up and go, oh, geez, look at this,
1: you know? Look I, I hope everyone takes a look uh, <laughs> at it. But, uh no, it you know I've said it a few times, but we're already competing against Apple, we're competing against Google, we're competing against Amazon, Samsung, LG, Hisense, TCL, Xbox, PlayStation, um, and we've been very successful as the true local aggregation platform in Australia, and I, I see no reason that that's not going to continue.
0: Okay. Before I go, Scott, tell me, what are your thoughts on where the industry's going in terms of the, the business model for, for TV, because it's all sort of combining, isn't it? It used to be TV. It used to be, you know, streaming, but it's all, it's crossing over now. There's, you know, companies are switching from one to the other. Um, do, do you think there'll be global um, consolidation, and will that impact in
1: Australia? So I'll answer the first question, uh, the last question first, and then I'll come back to okay. some of the trends and things. Um, there is 1,000% going to be consolidation in this space. Okay. Uh, I'll just fall off the rocker if, if there's not there.
0: Any to, names that you think
1: might go first? Well, I mean, Paramount seems to be an obvious one. Yeah, look, that's you know, yeah, a possibility. Hmm. Um, you know, you've got Comcast now who very cashed up with, you know, minimum $9 billion from their sale of Hulu. Okay. Uh, it'd be interesting to have Peacock in the US. What are they going to do here? Um, lots of co- conversations about Warner Discovery potentially being an acquisition target or potentially merging or, or even acquiring someone else. What's Apple going to do? Is Sony going to remain independent? You know, it goes on and on and on. And it's hard to predict what the game of musical chairs is going to look like and who's going to partner with. But the economics tell you and an irrefutable fact that there needs to be fewer players and there needs to be industry consolidation, and that's likely to occur. You're also going to see partnerships. I think, ironically, a couple hours ago, we saw that uh, Disney, uh, Fox, and ESPN in the U.S. are going to be launching a joint streaming platform. Uh, Makes perfect sense around those NBA rights, those NFL rights, and the college sports in the U.S. in that environment. Um, So, yeah, you're going to see, and you've seen... You know, Disney take ESPN Plus and Hulu and starting to package those. So you're going to continue to see that. I, I, I think what happens in Australia will be a product of what those alliances and mergers and things are overseas. Under scenario A, this means this for the Australian market. Under scenario B, it means this. But it's pretty easy to translate the international M&A outcomes into what they're going to mean for the Australian market once they happen. Yeah, In terms of trends, just speaking about the local market, you know, um, freight air gets beat up a lot. The You know, we're seeing the viewing up is up year-on-year year in 300 really? minutes across. Because okay. uh, um, you can monitor that, right, on your... Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. So.
0: so it's still holding up well against the streaming platforms yeah, and I mean, all the it, other options. Yeah, it had options.
1: some structural challenges over some years. There was a COVID boost, particularly in news. Um, but, you know, freight air in this market continues to be the dominant um, the most viewed experience by a long, long way. Well over 50% of all viewing continues to be free to air, even closer to 60. And the minutes in January were up on year on year. So, you know, a bit more on catch up than live, but that's happening. Interestingly, a year ago, people would talk about the BVOD players as an entirely different category than the SVOD players. Uh, the subscription services. But now all the subscription services are launching ad supported tiers. So, you know, Disney Plus, Netflix, Prime, how different are they to Nine Now, Seven? So you're seeing the business models starting to converge quite a bit. You're gonna see that aggregation. Um, You know, the local market and the international market have been impacted by the writer's strike and the director's strike. So that'll have to wash through. Um, and then, you know, new things pop up, this fast channel phenomenon. I don't know where it'll be in 12 months time, but I certainly know today it's bigger than and people would have talked about it 12 months ago. So the beauty of being an aggregator is you're not placing bets. You're going to welcome all content. Um, almost every possible m a scenario or consolidation is, is a positive outcome and... You know, you get to really focus your true north is, is the consumer experience and just you focus on that and let the content battles play out and the consumer behaviors evolve as they do.
0: To me, streaming platforms putting their prices up, showing ads, it's losing the magic that got me subscribing in the first place. That's yep. becoming like you alluded, it's becoming just They're
1: TV. Com- uh, commercial realities have hit. You yeah. Know, someone's got to pay for all this great, beautiful content. And, uh, and there were too many players and spending a lot of money and no one was making any money. So what does, where does that leave you? You can stop spending money on content. That's a guaranteed strategy to fail. Or you can look at your pricing and try to see if you've got some elasticity, you know, you can take, um, or you can look for new sources of revenue, like advertising. And you're absolutely right. The the market is evolving back to where it was to many extents, but that just says that the advertising model was a good one and that people want to view all these services. They just don't want to pay for all of them. And advertising creates an option. Yes. They are interesting dynamics, but I think what's challenging now is that those price increases combined with discretionary um, spending constraints, high interest rates, et cetera, um, really force consumers to start making some tough choices. Yeah, and Alan, let's some- there will be some winners and losers as a result of the collective price increase uh, waves that are.
0: I mean, these platforms getting to twenty dollars if you want to watch, and people need really high def as a minimum. Yeah. Um, twenty dollars a month is a lot when you start adding a few together, isn't it? You know. You, that so becomes a significant amount of money.
1: Yeah, well, the behavior you start to see is rather than have two or three services for a year, you might have one service. It's your anchor tenant in most cases, Netflix, to be honest. Um, and then you might trade in and out as this sports season starts or this show gets released on this mm-hmm. service, etc. So we are starting to see um, seasonal churn, uh, you know, show-based acquisition and decline. And that, that's a reality in a high price environment. When things were $10, you could afford to have a few of them. When they're $20, you are going to be more selective.
0: I, in Australia, so they're all, we, we've got all the international players pretty much replicated here. The, the big exception, I guess, is Stan, and I noticed they're a channel partner, okay? but yep. But there's, to me, this could go two ways for them. It's, it's, it's bad for them. They don't have global partnerships, I guess. But in a way, it's good that the, all those global players are finding it really tough. So they're starting to sell content again, which can open up content opportunities for Stan that maybe weren't there as recently as 12 months ago.
1: Yeah, I think Stan and Binge are both in the in the same boat. Um, you know, one obvious strategy is you you produce local content. Stan's mm. done a great job of producing a lot of investing heavily in that. Um it, it you're starting to see the Amazon. You know, you go to you go to the LA screens. We all, all this industry people go to that sort of thing, and people are talking, talking about licensing content again, as you say. Mm-hmm. But it's not the best show, the new show. <laughs> it's the ones that drive right. subscription. Okay, you know, it's starting to look at that back catalog, etc. So I don't think we're at the stage where I would say the studios that were hoarding content for their own app are rele- releasing the crown jewels. <laughs> we are not there. You've got a studio like Sony that has always been an arms dealer and will license their content out to the highest bidder, and that's been very successful for them. There's rumors that some of the existing SVOD providers might follow that path. I'm cynical that that'll occur. To be honest okay. with you, I think I think that they're more likely to merge with someone else, or if they do license their content, it's far more likely to be on a global basis to an Apple or a Amazon, et cetera. So. Um, yeah, I think those local players have an opportunity to produce local content or partner with other organizations. I don't, you know, I'm I'm not as optimistic as others about this spot buying uh okay. opportunity. And when great shows come into that marketplace, there's no shortage of bidders including the globals mm-hmm. who are always looking to top up their content. Sure. Propositions.
0: Which means it still could be tough for Stan and, and Binge
1: going forward. Um, it could be tough, but if they ex- look, you know, it takes Stan as an example. They've done a brilliant job of executing, getting to over 2.2 2. 2 million subscribers, producing a lot of local content. Um,
0: Might have reached a ceiling.
1: Um, yeah. Look, I think, I, well, be frank, I think everyone's reached a ceiling. So yeah, if you true. were asking me about the S-Bot, I would say, I get asked, is this peak? SVOD and I say, it's a peak. Mm -hmm. I I don't anticipate we're going to see market growth overall collectively in the SVOD space in the next 12 months, because the market's still absorbing the price increases. Um, People just aren't watching enough of each of those apps to justify the growth that we were seeing previously. Um, I do think that will reset and you'll get, you'll return to growth in a, you know, a year or two. Um, But, you know, I uh, certainly, you know, Amazon's getting growth. I think Paramount's seeing some healthy growth, but it is tough out there mm-hmm. in the SVOD providers because A, they're well-penetrated. B, there's a lot of them. C, there there's less shows because of the writer's strikes. And D, they've put up prices. So yeah. forcing those decisions.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right, Scott, look, we might leave it there. Is there anything uh, immediately coming up on uh, Fetch?
1: No, I was we should say, look out for. I thought news. you were going to ask me about the market in general and say, you know, every every year I return from from Christmas and the holiday, and you think is this going to be one of those years where a lot changes or a little changes? And my my inclination is this is going to be a very active, and buoyant, market, uh, or year in the media ecosystem. So yeah, so
0: lots of deals and that between companies. You're not talking about, you're talking about customer growth as well? Do you think that's- No, no,
1: I think, the, as I said, I think customer growth will be challenged. Ta-
0: yeah, okay. Will be challenged. And yep. it's, a,
1: it's a year of consolidation. Uh, so hang on constantly. to what you've got. Hang on to what you've got. And, you know, there'll be some winners and losers as a market share gains and losses, but it, it's not going to be the explosive growth. But I think the industry structure is challenged. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of media companies are undergoing some, Difficult um, times from a overall commercial perspective, and that's going to facilitate some interesting conversations, transactions, etc. A lot of the um, outcomes in Australia will originate overseas and will be a recipient of the implications of global activity. But I do I do think that this will be if you're a media journalist, this should be an interesting year. Uh, ahead. So uh, I think you'll increase your subscriptions, James, to Media yeah. Week, that's for sure.
0: Oh, good. Well, that's that's good news for us. Yeah,
1: there's there's going to be plenty to write about, I'm sure of that. Good. And then you asked me about Fetch. and yeah. I, I think we're, we're just in this great position now where we're really happy where the comp product is, where our, our roadmap looks ahead. And we've got Telstra really leaning in now to the migration across to the Telstra TV and selling. And we're having some very exciting conversations with our other partners about also amplifying their efforts. Um, I, I think this is going to be a very exciting year for us from a growth perspective.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Scott Lawson, thanks for talking to us about Fetch at MediaWay. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Heavy Hitters, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit follow for all future episodes. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast.